Hello, and welcome back to Between Two Aeroids, a podcast where we talk about botany, houseplants, and everything in between. I'm your host, Haley. Today, we're going to talk about killer plants. Staying on the spooky thing, this will be Halloween when this comes out. So, we'll cover some historic stories about certain plants, why they're poisonous, what makes them poisonous. I, we're going to talk ad- about the Manchanel tree gimpy tree and hemlock so stay tuned sit tight and enjoy this rest of the episode so first is the manchanel tree it's also known as the death apple because they're small little apples that grow in the branches and just one nibble will cause severe pain and possibly kill you just depending on your size as a human they're native to the Caribbean, Central America, the northern edges of South America, and even South Florida. This tree can also affect you by just standing near it, and we'll get into some of the compounds that are present in the tree that do make it so poisonous. Um, but one of the compounds is water-soluble, so like if it's raining and you try and find cover on that tree, you're going to be severely in pain. <laughs> There's an excerpt from Nicola... Strickland, who ate the fruit 2,000 years ago in the Caribbean island of Tobago, and it reads, I rashly took a bite from the fruit and found it pleasantly sweet. My friend also partook at my suggestion. Moments later, we noticed a strange, peppery feeling in our mouths, which gradually progressed to a burning, tearing sensation and tightness of the throat. The symptoms worsened over a couple of hours until we could barely swallow solid foods because of the excruciating pain and the feeling of a huge, obstructing, pharyngeal lump. Sadly, this pain was exasperated by most alcoholic beverages, although mildly appeased by pina coladas, but more so by the milk. Over the next eight hours, our oral symptoms slowly began to subside, but our cervical lymph nodes became very tender and easily palpable. Recounting our experience to the locals elicited frank horror, and incredibly, such was the fruit's poisonous reputation. It's so funny to me, just the pina colada bit. (laughs) Alcohol didn't help, but the pina colada did. But I mostly think it was the milk. But I'm still going to also have rum in it, thank you. And the chemicals in the sap creating the talking... If I can talk. The chemicals in the sap creating the toxins are forval, hippomenine, masculinin, apigen, tofolonine, phosphotogenamine, and fluorase. There were two of those that were like super easy to read. Um, Bear with me with my... uh, Annunciation, pronunciation of some of these words. But four ball, it creates large blisters when it comes to contact with the skin, and this is seen to be the most caustic chemical compound that is um, in the toxin of the Michanel mich- tree. It's also claimed to be used, the sap, to be used on the tip that killed Juan Ponce de Leon. He led the first voyage to Florida in 1513 from the Europeans, and then he returned a decade later to organize a Spanish colony, which was resisted by the natives or aboriginals, and that's where he had his fatal, fatal shot. It's part of the Spurge family coming from its name because it has 
so many various toxic varieties that make you want to purge, so it became part of the Spurge family. Men Chanel is one of the largest in the family, reaching heights of about 50 feet. Fun fact, the poinsettia is a cousin of this tree, but as we talked about in the poinsettia pandemonium episode, not as toxic or at all toxic as it was once led to be believed. However, its very dangerous cousin is as toxic as it is talked about. And the question here is, it's advantageous for a plant to become completely toxic. Usually fruits are left untoxic so to most animals, so you're able to spread the s- seeds around. However, it was recently found that iguanas seem to be immune to the toxins present because they have been seen to ingest these fruits, and that's how they get distributed. Their seeds get distributed through iguanas. However, there are iguanas in Florida, not native. They believe the way it's transported is actually through the seeds. Editing Haley here. I do just want to clarify that iguanas do distribute the seeds, but iguanas are not native to Florida. So before they were introduced to Florida, they thought that the seeds were distributed by the sea, and in places where iguanas were native to, that was one way the seeds were distributed. There we go. Enjoy your regular scheduled programming. So the seeds will drop into a body of water, and then due to the buoyancy, will just carry on top of the uh, surface and be able to be carried and transported out that way. Uh, I have never seen Manchelin tree. It. I've never been to Florida, so if you've been to Florida, I wonder how that is. I'm. I, the pictures I saw, all of them had like. Warning, this is this tree, so I'm wondering if there is one that is spotted that they post something about it. The next one we're going to talk about is Jimpy. They call it the Jimpy Jimpy. It's also the Jimpy's Lethal Touch. Editing Haley again. I keep saying Jimpy like with a J, but it's Gimpy like with a G. Sorry. Enjoy. Um, This plant is native to northeast Australia, living in lush green environments, but when brushed up against... The, le- the, the stems create an excruciating pain that can... So they have th- these hundreds of tiny venomous silica hairs that inject a neurotoxin that can inflict pain for months. You also don't have to be touched by this plant to get attacked by the needles as they do start to shed during warmer months in the summer. So if it's going through one of those shedding processes, it, you can just happen to c- come across one that is shedded on the uh, forest floor. Uh, they're also so fine and thin, they can be stuck in your skin for years, i.e. why people have reported months of pain, years of pain, because they are so tiny. These little silica hairs are just, some researchers even reported that they have been stung by dried leaves that have been drying for over a century. <laughs> Marina Hurley studied these plants in her three-year rainforest exploration. She found out that paddle patty melons have developed an immunity to the stinging needles i looked them up they're super cute please go take a second to look them up they look like baby kangaroos or 
I think rats are cute, so like really cute, large-bottomed rats. And then she further saw that indigenous Australian birds, bugs, and mammals have no issue ingesting them at all. And what's interesting about this plant is the plant materials. Excluding the thorns, they are not toxic enough to kill a human. And so it's the pain from the stinging needles that leads people to madness and ending the pain on their own accord. The first documentation of this plant is by A.C. Macmillan in 1866, stating his pack horse was stung by a bush, got mad, and died within two hours. And there's actually a really cool YouTube video by the Backyard Scientist where he actually puts this gimpy gimpy on his skin, um, and he tests a couple of different methods to help the burning or things that are supposed to increase the burning. I would go check it out because he tests it against a fishtail palm, which is an actually pretty common house plant. If you live in a little bit more humid of an area, it can even uh, just also be an outdoor plant. But he looks at the little oxalate crystals that we have talked about before and under a microscope, and it's really cool. And then he also tests it against, goodness gracious me, let me look that up. It's called finger rot. We found it. <laughs> but it's really cool because he has one of the plants. He's from Florida and he does some really cool science videos. So I definitely would suggest checking him out either way. The last one we're going to talk about is hemlock. This plant is known for killing the philosopher Socrates after he ingested this himself once being sentenced to exile or death. However, this plant can inflict pain without ingestion. A running theme for all of the plants we are talking about today. Um, this plant has become naturalized in the Americas. It's also native to Europe, Western Asia. And the wha- reason it was naturalized is because in the 1800s, they marketed it as a winter fern. Oh, what we have learned. I think I read an article where it's still one of the most like poisonous plants because it's so un unseeming so if you don't know about it or if there's not signage about it it's easy to i mistook it for a baby's breath at first but only small ones these guys can get up to be like eight ten feet uh and the fun fact is they're part of the carrot family (laughs) i learned there's a lot of noxious plants and toxic plants in the carrot family and it is interesting to do one about an episode about carrots and how we got to the carrot that we eat today most of all but I know there's like purple carrots and what you would consider blue in nature Um, but the hemlock creates a ton of seeds every season upwards of 35,000 seeds birds are able to eat these seeds in one of the biggest ways that the hemlock gets spread However, if you are going hunting and come across that a bir- of a bird that has munched on this tree, it can still affect you and cause death. Bioaccumulation kind of thing, like you aren't eating it directly, but because there is so much in this bird's body. I don't hunt, but if there is any hunters out there, I'm like, do you go and look to see if there's hemlock around like how how does one discern if a bird has eaten hemlock or not and is it just a roll of the dice rant over all parts of the hemlock plant are poisonous poisonous they're poisonous and usually it takes 20 minutes to three hours to feel the effects however even the dead canes just like the jimpy plant 
can be poisonous for up to three years. These plants become extremely invasive because of the 35,000 seeds that they produce in a growing season. And burning the plant can also release deadly toxins. There was even reports of cows starting to feast on this hemlock and it traveling into the milk we consume, causing some safety issues. Because for the cow, they can... consume 0.4 percent of their body weight and still live eating the hemlock however cows are heavy and humans aren't that heavy so 0.4 for them is a lethal dose dose a lethal dose for most of us um and they look like little clustered erect bushes um and they have those white flowers so usually it starts out as a short bush gets its roots going then the winter comes and then it in the next three to four years, it will top out at like six to eight feet, I believe. And then it will start getting smaller as its lifespan comes to a close. And then also for the Michel, another fun fact about the Manchanel tree is it can be used for woodworking. It is sometimes desired, But there's this whole long process. One, you have to cut down the tree and try not to get any of that deadly sap on you. And then two, you have to first burn it down to the trunk. And then you're able to cut it down. Then you have to leave all of the branches and wood, all wood you want to use and be able to touch. You need to leave them out in the sun for at least three days. And then it is supposed to be able to be worked with um i would love to see how much one of those things go for one of those woodworking pieces because that is a lot of labor and if you're looking for that specific tree i mean that would be cool to have like a table fan and they're like oh i love that and you're like oh yeah well it's made from one of the deadliest trees and you're like oh how'd you get it's like oh here's a passive anyway that's all i have for you today um I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you have a good Halloween. Stay safe.